Is venture capital gearing up for its busiest year ever? How will the BBCA put ESG front and centre for the industry? And what can be done to improve the perception of PE in the public eye? Greg Gill discusses all this and more with Kerry Baldwin, deep tech investing expert, IQ Capital co-founder and current BBCA chair in this week's episode of the Unquote Private Equity Podcast. Hello, listener, and welcome to this new episode of the Unquote Private Equity Podcast. I'm Greg Gill, the editor of Unquote, back on hosting duties for another In Conversation With episode, where we bring you more in-depth interviews with leading market participants. We hadn't done one of these in a little while, so when this opportunity came about, we thought it was too good to pass up. My guest today has had a long and storied career in the European venture capital space. Having started a career at BDO, she joined Venture Technologies in 1998, investing in the first wave of UK deep tech companies. And she has very much stuck to it ever since, co-founding VC firm IQ Capital in 2006 and raising five funds to invest in early stage deep tech opportunities here in the UK. But more recently, my guest was appointed as chair of the British Private Equity and Venture Capital Association, BVCA for short, until March 2022. It is my pleasure to welcome Kerry Baldwin to the podcast. Kerry, thank you very much for calling in today. Thank you, Greg. Pleasure to be here. Uh, and congratulations on the, the BVCA appointment, of course. Um, can you tell us a bit more about how that came about? Uh, because you've been involved with the organisation a, a fair bit in recent years, haven't you? Yeah, sure. Um, as I joined the BBCA when I co-founded my firm, IQ Capital, in 2006, it was really important to stay on top of industry trends, both from trends and policy work and networking with other funds at BBCA events. And then as I grew my team and I raised my funds, my team also took part in all of the training events at the BBCA. Um, and it's really important to build your network for VCs in our space. So the BBCA has over 700 members um, from the very early stage funds like myself through to mid-market and large PE and LPs and technical practitioners. And they have several committees uh, drawn from our members specializing and representing their interests for the early stage. So naturally, I joined the Venture Capital Committee. And whilst I was on that committee, I undertook a research project into investment committee practices and decision making. And being a naturally curious person, I didn't want to just study VC. So I spoke with over 94 managing partners from early stage VC all the way through to large PE. And I drew on all the exceptional governance from PE practices, and I mixed that with our agile venture IC practices, and lots of firms have actually changed some processes as a consequence. And following that, I was appointed to council, which is a body of members drawn from all our different disciplines, advising on our individual expertise, and we help the super team at the BBCA. And obviously, for me, I'm drawn very much into the venture discussions, which have been extensive throughout the last year. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lot on your plate at the moment, I would imagine, given the context. Um, and so perhaps you could maybe sum up what your uh, priorities are going to be for, for, these, for, for this term, for the year ahead. Yeah, the priorities for me at the moment are obviously inputting into policy, which is going to affect our industry. Um, ESG is very much on the agenda. Uh, we noted a PricewaterhouseCoopers report this month that had said one in three GPs have hired sustainability officers this year. You know, that's showing that ESG is not just a box ticking exercise. It's actually a value driver. 
And we'll be working very much across the whole spectrum of ESG here. And with VC, what we can measure within our portfolio companies. And also this year with COP26, we've got so many solutions within our portfolio companies from our members, from my sector, which is really early stage innovation, right through to the larger infrastructure funds within our BVCA members investing throughout the UK. So we're going to be looking at um, all the uh, portfolio companies that are helping drive towards that net zero target and highlighting some of these in case studies and mapping to the government's 10-point plan. And of course, diversity and inclusion is always a priority. It's a priority for every member firm that I speak with, attracting and maintaining diverse talent and ensuring that we have an inclusive environment, both within our investment firms and also within our portfolio companies. And this is all just very important because the UK needs to maintain its status as the leading destination for founders to establish their businesses and also for funds to establish their base in the UK and invest throughout the UK with our favourable and competitive regulation. So, yeah, those are the main priorities for me this year. Just that, just just a few things on the on the docket. It's it's obviously uh, very very busy times and uh, and uh, very complicated times. Uh, I think with, with the events of the, the past year as well. So, I wanted to ask you what what's been the mood among uh, BVCA members across the board at the moment. Um, obviously, we saw a lot of activity in, in Q4 uh, last year, notably in, in Q1, and that's that's across the board. Uh, the venture, as, as you very well know, just completely booming in the, in the second half of last year. Um, it seems to be maybe a little little bit of a cool down at the moment across the board. Do you, do you think people are getting maybe a little bit more selective, a little bit more settled in their investment pace after that sort of crazy year? Or do you think there's maybe a bit of concern creeping in with, with the ongoing uncertainty? Well, I'd say from the venture sector, it's very buoyant. I'm seeing exceptional deal flow as are others um, and lots of investment in later stage deals we've seen. It's very competitive at their end. Um, the pandemic, during the pandemic, obviously a lot of the technologies we're investing in, in technology, life sciences, health tech, and work from home and remote working software was very strong. So you saw a lot of companies with really expensive exponential growth during that period. Um, as you and Harriet went through on your um, earlier podcast this month, which I highly recommend others to listen to when you looked at your unquote data, um, we, we also saw, as you, know, as you observed, in quarter one and quarter two last year, we only saw about 2.5 billion in those quarters invested. And then as we saw towards the end of year, this did massively pick up with 11 billion invested into UK venture. Quarter one this year has seen 5.2 billion, which is showing in a really strong increase. Okay, that's driven by some really mega rounds here, but I think we're going to see those trends continue. And I saw a report issued today, actually, that we can see 13.8 billion invested in the first half of 2021 in venture. So that's looking like stats are up again. So your question, are we being a little bit more selective and settled? No, I think firms have settled into an investment pace. There are extremely great opportunities out there. And we're really looking and we've adapted to this hybrid and remote investing um, work at the moment. And you've seen the government be really supportive here as well. Just this week, they've announced the Future Fund Breakthrough, which is a drive towards becoming that science superpower. 
So the Chancellor and the British Patient Capital announced a 375 million fund for specifically for deep tech companies. Those are companies that take just a little bit longer to get to those traditional Series B metrics, which is 5 million ARR, let's say. And this fund is going to enable larger rounds for deep tech companies in life science, biotech, just to take their time and just be able to grow just a little bit faster. So, yeah, I see it actually buoyant this year um, and we can see a lot more deals happening uh, throughout the various sectors. So th- that's interesting because I, w- I was going to ask you about that, about the, the, the fund, actually. Um, obviously, that's uh, deep tech is a sector that you with that IQ um, Capital focus on as well. Do you think there should be more, uh, more investors, either with support from the government, as pointed out, but, but also more VCs um, kind of targeting this space? In other words, do you see too much deal flow? <laughs> is, is there just too, too many great businesses to, to back out there and, and not enough capital ready to invest in it? A great question. Um, and I think you'd have to look at the various stages. So in seed last year, so those very early stages, you know, that sort of sub three million rounds, you saw a slowdown in deals, um, probably because they found it difficult to raise. And a lot of the angels that traditionally support in those very early rounds weren't, weren't investing as much as they usually do. So yes, because we have such an incredible R&D base, such a strong innovation base in the UK, we do need more money to go into that sector because we've grown the sector so rapidly. And we do need more money into those early stage funds. Um, So yeah, I think there's more money there. But I also think that deep tech is very hard. You know, a lot of these deep tech companies start with IP or some really protectable technology, and it requires a specific skill to work alongside those founders to try and find the product market fit, evidence that there is a pain point within customers, and then be able to work with those customers with proof of concept projects before you go on to actually taking larger contracts. So it is a hard market to understand. So yes, a lot of people are investing in deep tech. Um, We have actually been doing it for over 23 years. So we understand the complications and, and what is actually needed to support those founding teams as they start to evidence their product market fit. Um, and, and something else I want to ask you about the, the, the venture space as well, and, and specifically the, the trends that you've seen over, over the past year and currently in, in the deal flow that you see, that might not be the case as much uh, for you at, at the, the earlier stage uh, and, and perhaps in a slightly more niche, very uh, specific sector of the venture space. But a big talking point has been, especially with, with massive rounds that we've seen recently, um, and that's not, you know, it's not pandemic new, it was the case before as well, but around, uh, you know, the, the the fact that valuations were perhaps reaching a point that 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 were starting to make some investors uncomfortable, have you encountered any of that in your space? Is is that a concern that you have? Is it a concern that is being echoed by venture members of, of BBCA? What's your take on this? Yeah, no, I think that. Um at my end of the market, because we're working at that very early stage, I think that those deals and valuations are remaining as we would expect them to be at this moment. But I do agree there have been some really, really large rounds, mega rounds as a, as a lot of people are reporting them. And I think in those ones, you have seen some very high valuations. Now, 
Why is that? There's a lot of competition to get into the very, very best companies that are experiencing exponential growth. You know, there's a lot of companies that are growing very, very quickly. So back in the 90s, when I was investing, you were, we were making incremental changes to, 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 to technology and, and it would slowly be adopted. But now with platform and then the barriers to adoption and actually marketing these technologies now, you can reach millions of users in a rapid amount of time. So that growth is actually driving really, really strong rounds, really strong growth. And as they're attracting those rounds, that's also attracting incredible talent to go into those companies as well, which is further evidencing. Now, what is, that means is, of course, there are going to be some companies that are experiencing rather high valuations, because there's so much demand to get into these companies. And I think we will see that continue for a while. Yeah, and, and on the other hand as well, um, and I, I, I don't know if you've had specific examples of, of, over the past year in, in, in your portfolio, uh, on the other hand, just the exit um, opportunities and the exit environment for, uh, for, for, for VCs is equally as, as encouraging because as you said there's um, so many you know, between IPOs and uh, but also trade players that, that sort of want to get their, their hands on, on that tech for, for, for their own future it, it's been really positive and the numbers we've seen have been very good is, is that your take as well do you think it, it's a, a new golden age for, for UK uh, VC in, in that regard? Very much. And, you know, we've seen listings and obviously some some the listing of WISE last week and how that's gone. That's gone incre incredibly well. And I think we're going to see more of this. And it's very interesting. The founders that I meet nowadays inside the lab where I'm investing, they're coming to me and saying, I'm wanting to take my investment from the lab to listing on the London Stock Exchange. Change. You know, there's a definite mood with very ambitious founders. And that's something very much the government is wanting to get behind and create and support those ambitious plans for high growth companies, because we do have them in the UK and we have the venture capital funds that are able to assist in driving their growth. And as they begin to internationalize and scale, that's where private equity is also investing into these companies. So you're seeing that ecosystem work very well together. Um, absolutely. And you've mentioned, uh, it's interesting, you've you mentioned you work with the, with the government and the government's approach to, to all this a, a few times. Um, and I wanted to ask you, perhaps last but not least, um, about the, the public image of, of PE, um, which is obviously something that's always been quite close to BVCA's heart. Um, so we've had the, the impact of the pandemic on portfolio companies, uh, the, the use of government lending schemes. At the moment, we see a lot of high profile take private bids and all it it feels to us, at least in that sort of you know, niche press, um, it feels like PE is, ba is back in the public eye a, a little bit, which obviously has repercussions on uh, on, on government uh, perception of, of, uh, of the industry as well. Do you have any concerns around that at, at the moment? Um, and is, is that going to be part of, of your efforts in, in the coming months as well with BBCA? Yes, Greg. Um, this perception shows us, I think, that there's a misunderstanding about PE, what it does and the value it brings. And it, it's such a shame as there's a great deal of good that PE does to support its portfolio companies, both financially and with its non-financial support. And the pandemic has shown us this widely. And certainly the PE houses that I've spoken with and just how what they've been doing to help their portfolio companies. And sure, the BVCA is going to be focused on shining a light on the value 
of its members, both private equity and venture capital, to really challenge any of these misunderstandings and just demonstrate our value to the society and the economy throughout the UK. We've got so many positive case studies showing the enormous benefits and why founders and owners select PE to help their growth, such as Lisa Thornton highlighted in our BBCA Deep Dive in the Northwest report. She needed to strengthen her skills as her business grew. And her observations were quite interesting. She said, during the private equity diligence of my company, the way they approached, they were able to show me areas that I hadn't seen, or they could really understand how to reach those different markets for growth. So she really saw that benefit in PE. And then if I take it right back to my sector, as I mentioned earlier, we have a company that I invested invested in out of the lab called Privitar, which does privacy engineering right out of the lab in Cambridge, alongside some exceptional angel investors. And my skills are helping Privitar get to its product market fit and really start that early engagement with customers. Now, as it starts to scale, I bring in the next stage of skills. And the next stage of skills, in this case, were Partec and Axel that were able to drive that innovation and that scale to the next level. And then, as Privitar starts globally expanding and having offices throughout the world and really engaging with so many different verticals, you're looking at a different set of skills. And that's where private equity came in to Privitar with Warper Pincus and continued its growth. So you can see the chain of that ecosystem. And of course, these are the very case studies that we're going to be um, highlighting through the BBCA. Yeah, absolutely. And um, on the... I was going to say on the COVID um, side as as well, um, because there, there was a bit of, uh, especially early on in the, the the mainstream press, a fair amount of I think confusion around you know PE backed firms using uh, government loans. Is that is that okay, etc. Um, and so we 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 do uh, as you may know we do the British Private Equity Awards um, every year with with unquote. And for obviously we started last year, including a question around. Uh, you know, highlight some challenges that you've had in in, in the portfolio uh, with with the with the pandemic and how you reacted to that, how you helped your uh, specific businesses, portfolio as a whole, etc. And the 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 the, the array of uh, answers that we had to that was great. And I think we're so we're collecting entries for for this year's award at the moment. And and again, we, we've asked a question with even more insight on you know a year uh, a year of support and just the, the the fact that the support was so quick um and um as was noted by a lot of limited partners as well gp is really able to uh, get to grips with the crisis very early on uh, assess the impact and then really help making sure that uh, portfolio companies were well funded uh, had enough cash for to, to to last until the end of the year at least that that's that sort of thing um and it's yeah it's not the, the type of stories that, that you hear to much about, but um, I'm sure BBCA will uh, will broadcast that loud and clear. We and certainly it. will, Greg. Yeah. We certainly will, Greg. And thank you. I look forward to seeing the results of that when that comes out. Thank you. Um, and I think that that's all the time we have today, uh, Kerry. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was, it was an absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure from my side too. Thank you. And thank you all for listening to this week's episode. Uh, and remember, if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. See you on the next one. Mm-hmm.